Welcome back to episode 168 of the Blockrunner podcast. Here is where we discuss the latest developments in cryptocurrency while we make this new technology relatable to you. You can watch this podcast on our YouTube channel to follow along with our discussion. As always, I'm your host, William, talking with your co-host, Iman, and today we're interviewing Archimedes, who is part of the Oshi Finance team in the Bitcoin ecosystem. And here are some of the topics we discuss today. First up, what is BOSS and why you should care? Next, how did Archimedes get into crypto? Then how does BOSS expand on the BRC20 ecosystem? And finally, let's find out what's coming next for Oshi Finance. All right, let's listen in. Welcome back to episode 168 of the Block Runner Podcast. I'm your host, William, always here with your co-host, I'm Ann. What's going on, Willis? On the sticks, we got TJ. Hello. And of course, joining us today, we got Satoshi OB, also known as Archimedes from The Ord. Thank you for joining us, dude. What's going on, guys? Thank you very much for having me today. Happy to be here. Yeah, so first question I got for you is like, how do we do on the boss overview in our recent video? <laughs> what's, oh, what's our grade? Dude, you... You guys did a great job. Uh, okay. I, I was thoroughly impressed, to be honest. Uh, besides myself and a couple other people in the community, it's been pretty uh, pretty scarce the amount of people who who have taken the time to actually read through that whole document and, yeah. and try to piece together what was going on. And yeah, I, I would say you guys pulled out about as much as you could with the, the current documentation for sure. Okay, excellent. Yeah, that's good to hear because yeah, <clears throat> clearly... You know, we're very busy guys ourselves because yeah. <laughs> we, we're trying to cover everything that's going on, I guess, these days, uh, more specifically in the ordinal space. But traditionally, we, we've been doing this for like four years now. So yeah, any new innovation we're interested in, um, I guess that's why, like, what's, I mean, Oshi as like a project was the first standout. I think our first BRC20 video was about Oshi Finance. Cause I, I think it was. Yeah, well, yeah. Other than like the first introduction of like discovering that there was a uh, token standard being uh, yeah. proliferated on the Bitcoin network. But yeah, Oshi stood out as like a, an actual non-meme initiative, something yeah. that was some a, a team that was actually striving for something of utility and functionality, mm -hmm. which is, you know, right up our alley, right? Yeah. So... Yeah, I guess let, let's let's get into it, man, because it started off as like a uh, liquidity pool automated market maker, I think, project, like a much more focused on DeFi, like a decentralized exchange. But over time, it's morphed into like this much bigger yeah. <laughs> initiative, which to, to, from me and Will's perspective, it's it seems so grand in scope. Like, yeah, it, it's 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 very like intimidating from our perspective. Yeah, it, yeah. it is. It is hard to understand. Um because, I mean, we, we went through the paper, we went through this, uh, the latest ODE one, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of terminology in there that I hope, hopefully you can kind of like shed some light on there. But, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's definitely in-depth and complex. So And we understand why, right? Yeah. Because when you're trying to solve real core issues, and it's it's no easy task. That's right. right? So I guess if you could just start off, uh, tell us like your own personal story, how you got involved uh, I guess even pre-ordinals, like what is your history mm. yourself and how did you f uh, pair up with the uh, Oshi team, the Ord team? Mm -hmm. If you can give us a little bit of a backstory to all that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, so my personal crypto background, uh, I, I've been involved in, in all different parts of blockchain for uh, just over 10 years. Mm. Um, got in real early, was mining, mining Dogecoin and, uh, and Bitcoin, stuff like that. Uh, I, I don't know handmade uh, a pc a couple of my friends and i built uh and then uh, yeah i've just been kind of 
a, a casual guy for the early years and then full time for coming up on three to four years. Um, went through DeFi summer, saw all that firsthand. And, and mm-hmm. yeah, I personally was a daily ETH, ETH guy for mm-hmm. since 2020 until the beginning of uh, this year, really. And then, uh, yeah, after one single conversation with Grug, uh, after after finding <laughs> finding the Ord board, my yeah. entire worldview of what crypto is mm. was was kind of really challenged, and I hadn't felt like that in since I first really found out about this stuff, and so I, I full sent it in, into Ordinals and took the orange pill. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, how I found uh, uh, how I personally found the Ord team and, and all that stuff is actually kind of similar to you guys. Uh, I heard of Ordinals, right? I saw the KC post, saw some people on Twitter talking about it uh, under sub 10K. I wasn't able to get any of the sub 10K Ordinals myself, but I, I was still paying attention. And so I, I refused to enter the market and start buying JPEGs. Just like I, I didn't want to speculate. I wanted to kind of, you know, wait and see if something pops up that stands out, just like you guys were saying. Yeah. Uh, and my... Uh, uh, version of, of finding like Oshi for you is I found the Ord board uh, through Grug and just met him through uh, crypto Twitter mm-hmm. and the Ordinal board is this I don't know if you guys have ever seen um, the million dollar pixel homepage mm-hmm. like an early yeah. early website yeah. yeah so they the Ord team is their first project that they did uh, with Ordinals is the Ordinal board which kind of looks the same as the million dollar pixel project and I was their website was really cool. The concept of it was really cool because it wasn't just a JPEG. Mm. And they were alluding towards synthetic assets in their about page from the get-go. And this was in late February. So mm. this was super early in Ordinals. Uh, and it just obviously, obviously stood out. I mean, there's maybe three, two hundred to three hundred thousand ordinals at the time, not even. Uh, and everything was just jpegs at this point so yeah. seeing something that was trying to build for the future no matter what it was was very interesting to me so yeah i bought up a bunch of uh ord board slots and just kind of stayed involved in the community after that started uh talking to merlin and grug um uh, i had no idea about the DeFi stuff until late march when they started i started asking merlin what he was doing with the synthetic assets and I actually missed the Oshi Mint myself. I took like oh. three weeks off of, of uh, VRCs uh, or, or Ordinals at the time. Uh-huh. Uh, spent some time with family and friends and then came back and saw the Oshi Mint happened and just absolutely full sent it into there and, and have been yeah. pretty much full time spending my time in, in Boston since then. Mm. How have you, uh, <clears throat> have you got any insight as um, Merlin and Grug, right? Those are the two core devs behind all these initiatives, you know, Ord board, Oshi Finance, there's Yari as well, which is like a bridging mechanism, I think, to bring yeah. liquidity from Ethereum onto Ordinals. And then there's now Boss. Like, do you do you know anything as far as their backgrounds? Do they have any uh, development experience pre-Ordinals? Because like, I think... Yes. Oh, oh, yeah. So I, I spent two and a half weeks in Europe with the team uh, okay. just recently. I, I got back a few days ago. Um, and there's actually eight people on the Ord oh. team. So, yeah, <laughs> Drug and Merlin, yeah, Drug and Merlin are the, the only two with really social media presence. Um, Junk Food Punk Root is uh, one one of the core devs of the team as well. He has a Twitter account and a Discord. Um, and then there's a bunch of team members who just have literally zero social media presence, which is pretty pretty rare to see from the outside, uh, especially. 
But yeah, there's eight people on the team total and everybody has, I think the least amount of experience someone has on the team was eight years of hmm. blockchain experience. So everybody's very well seasoned. Okay. Um, yeah, and, and, and a big core concept of what we were talking about while I was out there was the why, because uh, just I, I, I was the only American person hanging out with uh, this group of people uh, during the, the, the trip I had with them. And it was a very initially crazy experience to see a bunch of people from across the world finding like a common goal in this very abstract thing. Yeah. But as we discussed why we were all there, uh, it, it became less of a, a coincidence and more of a, wow, this was, this, this is actually all making a lot of sense as to why we're here. Mm. We've all seen the blockchain evolution over time. We've seen the world. All of us were uh, told 10 years ago, you're crazy. Stop talking about this. You're going to scam me. And then all those people who said that were texting us how to buy Bitcoin uh, uh, two years ago. Yeah. You know, uh, we, we've all been through this, this, this whole cycle together yeah. many times uh, and have come to the same conclusions, which is that nobody is using this technology in the correct way at all. <laughs> Absolutely no one. Not Ethereum, not digital gold, Bitcoin maxis. It is, it, it, there is no link between the actual real world and the blockchain monetary world that we have. And that is a massive problem. Things are not going to ever get better un, until that's fixed. Um, and so that's kind of why what we initially started building was just a DeFi system, right? Oh, we can do, you know, DeFi stuff with BRC20s on, on ordinals and things like that. That's that's why it's turned from that into we are going to build a universal, uncensorable compiler that everybody has equal access to in the entire world. Because it, it utilizing this technology in the correct way requires like a complete re redefinition of what the blockchain virtual machine is in in my opinion mm -hmm. uh it, what's really interesting about ordinals is that the entire concept of what bitcoin is has been changed without changing a single line of code uh you have like a bunch of people from a bunch of different blockchains coming into bitcoin and saying it's something new and they're just as objectively correct or subjectively correct as everyone else who says Bitcoin is digital gold is correct, mm -hmm. but no code has, has been changed at all. So uh, funnily enough, that was the point of the Ord board, which was the first experiment that, that they did, was that's why they, they did this uh, million dollar pixel homepage project style thing where there's different tiers of the board, etc. Uh, they set up a game and allowed people to play it with familiar game theory, EVM style rules. And if people play this Bitcoin game the same way that they play Ethereum games, then the experiment works and Bitcoin has been redefined as, as to what it is. And so it works. And that's, that's why I'm here. And uh, again, that, that's kind of the why of, of what the ord is, is, is we, we aim to, we aim to fix this space. We want to link the internet and the blockchain together in, in a unified way. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I tend to get caught up rambling on these things because it's so easy to get lost so uh yeah please uh uh, uh let's start start from the beginning wherever you have questions uh sure. where, you know how, how do things start or something like that yeah um so starting with the why um i always go back and i, I tell my team that we got to understand the why because that's like the single most important question to answer mm -hmm. and um and so i totally get it like starting with the why that's how you align the team 
So what is it about connecting the internet and the blockchain that, um, that is enabled by boss? Like what, what is the overall scope of what you guys are trying to accomplish? Yeah. So, uh, all right. For, for a DeFi system to work, right. We have the EVM as, as a good example. Uh, you, you got smart contracts, but smart contracts don't allow for smart information outside of the blockchain that this right. contract is running on natively. Yeah. Which is why so you need oracles. The, yeah. You know, the Oracle problem. Exactly. Right. So, it, you know, it's a great temporary solution to create another network of nodes and create another token and sure. create another staking mechanism and create more DeFi token incentives by providing this correct off-chain information on chain, like Chainlink. Yep. Uh, but it's not a scalable long-term solution if you're just bribing people not to lie. At some point, there is going to be some kind of incentive that outweighs the amount of money they're making to not tell, tell the truth to lie. Uh, so we, we see a big problem with this. Mm -hmm. okay. uh, first thing I want to uh, uh, address of the EVM style of blockchain that is also a virtual machine is the EVM is kind of a misleading definition for what Ethereum actually is. Mm. Uh, in basically every single other sense, in any other industry, a virtual machine is going to refer to a virtual instance of a computer with an operating system and a kernel. Right. Mm -hmm. the, the blockchain is the only instance I can think of where we call something a virtual machine and there is no operating system or kernel to this VM. It's really, in my opinion, the EVM should be referred to as an Ethereum virtual runtime environment. Mm -hmm. it's, it's more like JavaScript itself is also a blockchain. So you're running an app, it's creating a virtual environment to run this application's logic in and then executing that on also a public blockchain. Uh, it, it, it being uh, a, a runtime environment makes it very standboxed away from the rest of the world. This is why there's this this problem of we nothing is is connected. You need chain link, you need oracles. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, very very simply, uh, Eli five to the max of what Boss is is trying to be is it's a blockchain connected virtual machine for real. It's a, it's a Linux or JavaScript or pick your flavor of operating system okay. based uh, a virtual machine that runs atop an org client atop a Bitcoin node. And the, uh, we were originally calling this the BVM, but uh, just because of the EVM kind of way that it makes people think, we've rebranded the term BVM to Bob. So mm -hmm. the BVM is now this entity called Bob, which his uh, Bob stands for the Bitcoin Observer. Uh, oh, okay. So his point of existence is to ingest and observe the Bitcoin block data as that information is coming in. And he looks for ordinal inscriptions mm -hmm. that are written in this thing called uh, OP scheme. It's basically just like, it's like you're putting your message in a special JSON file. It's just, it's still a JSON file. Mm -hmm. It's just a specially formatted JSON file. Okay. And when Bob sees, when he observes that there is an OP scheme uh, inscription, then we call this an OS inscription. Uh, he reads the contents of this inscription. And in, in the case of Boss, uh, it, it, it's this thing called the OP standard is what the, the language of this thing is written in, which is like a collection of, of libraries to execute commands on. And 
He simply sees what your request of him is, and he executes the command on this virtual computer state that everybody has access to. So anyone in the entire world can send a command to this universal computer mm-hmm. using the same set language and the same set format, and there's no way to censor it, and there's no way to change what happens. This is a, a, a because it's just a Linux machine, he can connect to off-chain information natively, and he can also connect to on-chain information natively, therefore solving the Oracle problem and creating like a brand new link between blockchain and internet that has never been really done before in the correct way. Okay, so Archimedes, let me let me see if I understand this. So you're saying you guys with Boss, you're running an operating system based off of Linux. And in that operating system, what it does is it uses inscriptions, properly structured inscription JSON um, submissions into the Bitcoin blockchain. And what Bob does is it takes those inscriptions and, and it basically executes them, right? Is that correct? Yeah, so I, I, crazy, crazy uh, ordinals have completely changed everything about crypto that we know because we're we're accepting JSON files on Bitcoin as like mm-hmm. groundbreaking yeah. technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And while that's while it's really cool, uh, it is not groundbreaking technology sure. by any means. Uh, we're combining a bunch of old technology and yeah. just doing something new with it. And so, yeah, by this is this is why you've kind of publicly seen and there's a bit of confusion within the public eye of like oh yes is boss a dex is or is oshi a dex is we what is yari what is the org board there's a lot of confusion it's because like in real time the org team has been discovering and sharing what they are seeing is possible with this new concepts of old technology and where that everything is landed on is hey we can just use JSON packets, JSON files, to send commands to a virtual machine mm-hmm. that is uncensorable and immutable. It's basically using Bitcoin as a time chain to interact with a virtual computer. Um, and then just to, to quickly uh, uh, clarify this, the, the computer itself is a decentralized network, right? So anybody can run a Bob instance mm-hmm. um, on, their, on their own computer, just like any other, other node. And it verifies the uh, atomicity of the the state of the VM by a very, very simple mechanism, which we're calling proof of checksum. And so essentially, if you have a computer uh, and you can see every single command that has ever been sent to this computer on the blockchain in an immutable time chain-esque order, you can completely independently, anyone, can recreate the checksum of what the state of this machine should be because every single state update to this machine has been publicly registered and broadcasted. So if the user who's running a, a Bob VM on their, uh, their their own local instance, if they decide they want to SSH into their Bob VM mm-hmm. and apt get install Google Chrome onto their Bob instance, uh, they can do that. But the checksum of your local Bob will be completely different than everyone else's Bob server because you've done something locally. You've changed something local on your machine mm-hmm. instead of updating it according to the order and sequence of commands that are public on the Bitcoin blockchain. And so, uh, yeah, as, as each block uh, goes in the Bitcoin blockchain, a proof of checksum hash 
is created for what the Bob machines should look like. Mm-hmm. And basically in between each checks, uh, in, in between each block, the checksum of these machines might be different because it's like running um, like an Ethereum node. Like not every Ethereum node is picking up every single transaction, but as each block is confirmed, retroactively there they are containing all of the information of all these transactions it's the same idea for these bob vms where in between each block the checksum is slightly different because they're processing different things and then at the end of each block there should be there's a universal checksum that the state of all these machines update in accordance to and then the process repeats over and over and over again so it just simply observes the bitcoin blockchain Mm -hmm. for what you're asking it to do and does what you're what you ask it to do it. So how how real time is this? Is this something where we have a bunch of developers submitting commands into the Bitcoin blockchain as JSON data? And um, how, how real time is like the um, the execution of it? So for example, um, if Iman and I are running our own nodes separately and we're on different sides of the planet, are 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 developers connecting to these nodes and creating a um, create creating an application a DAP? using the functions that are embedded within Bitcoin's blockchain? Or are we in real time, like submitting inscriptions to run like a program? Does that make sense? Yes. So just for uh, uh, transparency, things are very primitive right now on on the end of Bob, right? Mm -hmm. Um, This is kind of the the point of uh, the rollout plan for what we're, we're doing with boss and, and bob is is to keep things very 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 simple at the beginning and then through the uh governance of these odes which i'll get into in a bit mm-hmm. um you can pretty much change anything you want to in any of the bob system at all uh so uh yes there it's to be determined how exactly instant the confirmation of these transactions will be um an easy easy secure answer is as each block happens is is confirmed uh the order of which the ordinals that are confirmed in that block is the state of that machine right but there's there's a lot of different uh options this is what we've been talking about this with the community quite a bit because it's it's pretty abstract out here basically bitcoin is a is a utxo based blockchain right Mm -hmm. and boss natively will work with utxo based blockchains and so because it's essentially utxo agnostic you can connect it to the same way that like uh, ordinals work you can use it on litecoin you can use it on dogecoin you can bitcoin cash bitcoin sv all all these different things uh and you can kind of turn this network of bitcoin and bitcoin fork chains into like uh different levels of time chain validity so in theory, and this is like, like this is an, an idea. This isn't necessarily the way it's it's going to happen, but you could use all of these different UTXO-based chains in uh, in sync with each other, like asynchronously with each other, and submit the same transaction on a bunch of different blockchains all at once. It'll be very cheap, and in the order of what time chain it confirms on first, mm-hmm. you have different levels of like validity of the state of the Bob VM. And so you ha- you can have like Bitcoin be this final state, the master checksum. Uh, you can have like subnet checksums. You can have different 
networks that are being utilized for different things. Maybe stuff like DeFi, right? Maybe uh, uh, that needs almost near instant swaps. Maybe this mm-hmm. uses a different chain for the uh, uh, time chain capabilities of sure. Oshi Dex, right? Like this is all open to decision and governance voting is uh, how, how this stuff will be decided. But okay. the possibilities are like totally different because no one's ever used blockchain like this before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you know that we're more than just a YouTube channel? We also built Mscribe, the first inscription platform built from the ground up for the metaverse on Bitcoin. Connect your bitmap ordinals and use our tools to bring your community into the virtual realm. Support us by joining the movement at mscribe.io. Like, comment, and subscribe for the latest alpha. Back to the video. So, so uh, can you can you go through an example of what what something like Boss enables? Like, is it like you were saying, like a swapping capability? Is it uh, like more DeFi products like running natively on Bitcoin? Like what is it programmability? Like could could we do like full in smart contracts on top of uh, Bitcoin using Boss? Yes. Yes. You could do smarter smart contracts than you can on Ethereum because natively you can connect your on-chain information to off-chain data. So for things like Oracle manipulation hacks are just not possible. Okay. They're just, it just... Yeah, it's like hard coded out now. And that's because you have an you're you're running Linux, which is an operating system which is connected to the internet. And if you need, let's say, the price of Bitcoin or Ethereum or anything else, you just use an API call to request the price and that's like the, the that's the price. Like that's why you don't need an Oracle, right? Hey, correct. You don't need any middleman for this off chain okay. data to get to your on chain smart contracts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which so- is Bob. Yeah. Are there any like uh, I don't know security risks to this this off chain mechanism? Because I mean, there's I don't know. We we've heard this opinion from a lot of people. If if anything's off chain, it's just people yeah. innately in this Web three space have some sort of like pushback against that. It's for you know, it's against the ethos of of blockchain decentralization. Yeah, I'll give you an example. That. Like if you're using DeFi and leverage and all that, and uh, you're using um, uh, futures contracts. Mm-hmm. You could you could say I'm I'm going to buy a futures contract for Bitcoin, and I'll get liquidated if it goes below thirty thousand, and mm-hmm. then somebody can manipulate the API call yeah. to send a twenty nine thousand dollar price Bitcoin liquidate mm-hmm. everybody who's under that threshold. Yeah, it's like so. How how do how would you prevent something like that if if you could? Yeah, I mean, uh, it would it would basically just be directly calling the API data from your preferred price. Point, generally maybe Binance, Coinbase, the same way that like something like Chainlink works, where they're calling off-chain APIs and then being bribed into telling the truth to yeah. produce that data on-chain. Yeah, you just are directly calling this off-chain endpoint. Uh, and again, if somebody locally on their machine does something that is different or changes the information of something from the rest of these Bob Bobserver machines. Uh, it's it, your checksum is will simply just be different and your information will be ignored unless the checksum, which is the exact byte data of your information is exactly the same as everybody else. Uh, you, you will, you will be ignored if your if your data is even one byte different. Hmm, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Because I remember there was a lot of projects leveraging, uh, I think it was coin gecko. There was a, there was a, there was like a day where coin gecko had like a trillion dollar Bitcoin price. And like, it really messed everybody's like wallets just yeah. because, you know, you had like 0.1 of a Bitcoin, all of a sudden you had like a million dollars. And, um, and so I, I guess the sources from like these, these websites like CoinGecko or Binance or whatever, they could get m- hacked 
change the price and then really affects whatever the downstream people accessing that API call. Yeah. So there has to be like, if you're a developer and you're, you're leveraging boss and you're taking advantage of this, this ability to not require oracles, you have to build in some like checks and balances to prevent things like this from happening. So I guess the, the burden is on the developer in this scenario. Mm -hmm. So yeah, absolutely. I, I think something like an aggregator between multiple points of data would be uh, like the smartest thing for someone to use yeah. because there, there is no reason to only call your price data from, from one point. Um, yeah. I think what you're referring to is like a Oracle manipulation hack. It's like uh, uh, so many DeFi protocols have been trained this way. Uh, it, it, it's a problem with, with Chainlink as well. Uh, Cause yeah, people will, will manipulate one centralized point of data and then, the lending pool of something will be totally crazy and, and they'll pull the funds off it. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, with, with boss, again, somebody could write an aggregator that collects a hundred, 200, whatever different price points for Bitcoin yes. and then implement that into their, Correct. into their program and they kind of have safety that way. Yeah. Cause if anyone gets hacked, it doesn't matter because the price is still the price mm -hmm. right? on average. Exactly. Um, all right. So does that mean that developers contributing to kind of like the boss ecosystem, are they submitting different functions as inscriptions and then anyone can leverage those functions, um, as a, as like a, like a, like a different developer, like, like we have developers who are leveraging this ecosystem and they're writing the smart contract using the functions that exist. But then there's another set of developers who say, I need new functions. I'm going to write those functions as JSON structures, submit them to Bitcoin. Now, all of a sudden, I have that ability to be leveraged on my smart contract. Is that how it's going to be working? Yeah. So the, the, the concept that Boss is taking from the very beginning, especially with building a, a new virtual machine, is we want to take all of these lessons that Ethereum has kind of given us and and not ignore a single one of them. We're, we're, a little joke in the team is that Ethereum was a, a test net. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah. we're, we're going we're gonna to learn from this test net. And the biggest takeaway that we have is it is an absolute shame that there are no set standards for how you can do mm -hmm. smart contracts. I think smart, like Solidity smart contracts. Mm -hmm. I think Solidity is personally a little bit too open of a language. Like they're, it's great that you can do anything you want, but when we're, you're dealing with money, there should be some kind of incentive for people to follow set standards and not write custom names for the functions of their, of their mm -hmm. contracts in every single way. Things like the DAO hack, right? 2016, things like this happened because there were no set standards of how contracts should be by any means. People were just writing custom code and, and deploying this code. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, you know, now we have things like Open Zeppelin, right? Like frameworks for how safe libraries can be to do uh, smart contracts in a safe and secure way. Mm -hmm. uh, Boss is taking this concept to the absolute extreme, and this is basically what the OP standard is. So the OP standard is a collection of standardized programs, formats for programs. I see that are hosted on chain and through Bob observing the latest version of these standards. If, if you pull up the glossary um, on yeah. the, the ODE paper, yeah, I'm looking you'll at see it. the term, you'll see the term TDTD also. And so is a, a trusted document type definition. Yes. Basically the OP standard is just a collective library of these on-chain TDTDs that everybody is interacting with to make their programs or protocols. Uh, 
And so the first TDTD or good example of it is this ODE TDTD, which is uh, the standardized way to run DAOs on Bitcoin and hopefully uh, every, everything. <laughs> yeah. uh, and basically through the, be, because everybody has the same rules yes. of how to run their DAO and govern their own pr protocol, mm -hmm. the protocols collectively together also govern over boss and Bob. So that's, this is why there's no boss token or anything like this and why it's not needed mm -hmm. is because we're setting very set rules for how all these protocols can interact from the very beginning, how they govern. And we can add rules for them to govern the chain or the protocol that they are built on top of themselves as well. Uh, yeah, so it, it, just like uh, for an analogy, if, if I wanted to deploy a basic ERC-20 token on BOSS, I wouldn't actually be deploying the code that is in this ERC-20, you know, the solidity code of what it looks like. It would be as though there is an NFT of this code format hosted on chain. And then when I want to make my own instance of it, mm -hmm. I create this OS inscription, this command level OP scheme embedded inscription. Mm -hmm. And I, in this inscription, call to create a virtual instance of this on-chain code format and say all of the arbitrary things that I want to do in it. I'm, I'm out of tokens, type of ticker, uh, what the DAO is for, etc. And Bob observes that I want to make a virtual registry of this uh, OP standard TDTD. And it simply does that. So you're, so you're not like submitting smart contract data or uh, uh, solidity code on chain and then hosting that you know it's not like clunky stuff like this mm -hmm. really if you want to make a, a, your own ode or if you want to do something that is your own protocol you're submitting just the arbitrary things that you have to fill in that make it your custom version of your thing mm -hmm. and now your thing has the same rules as everybody else's thing and you can just like legos connect anything within the op standard together so you can as the op standard library grows do tons and tons and tons of different things with like the same piece of code. It's like a universal GitHub for mm. trusted applications. So trusted document type definition. So you're saying with TDTD, you're, you could create sort of like a template for an ERC 20 token that everyone leverages. And then those who leverage it just modify, you know, the name, the, 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 the amount of uh, supply available supply, things like that. And because it's following the standard, you, you know, every, the, the consumers, if you will know that, you know, because this is a standard, it's, it's relatively safe. It doesn't have like any potential vulnerabilities back, back, back indoors, things like that. Is that's, is that the right way to look at it? 100% sir. Okay. That is, okay. and this applies to everything. This applies to lending protocols. It applies to yeah. DEXs. It applies, yeah. it, every single thing will have the same playing ground to do their smart computations on and therefore should be very, very safe. This is also why things are very primitive at the stage they are now, right. because we don't, I, I tend to look at Bob, like we're kind of growing a, uh, an infant human being. Yeah. So the OP standard is kind of the stem cells of what this thing is going to grow into. And as you add more things to the OP standard, you get more abilities to like mutate the direction that these cells can grow into and what their complex systems can be. And uh, 
yeah, everybody has the same base level of, of, of Legos though. So mm. it's, it's a pretty cool, it's, it's like growing it in reverse versus Ethereum kind of just, you know, was like, here's this programming language, write whatever you want. This is very set. There's standards and then governance votes in new things that you are allowed to do um, through this process of, of the odes. So if, um, if let's assume this ERC-20 standard, TDTD, exists and I'm a developer and I say, hey, this is the standards is missing something. I need to I need to append to this standard some other functionality. Do I need to submit this to like a, a DAO? Do I create a new TDTD? I mean, like what's the process where I can make an upgrade here? Yeah, exactly. You're, you're getting it exactly. So you create a new version of this TDTD, an upgraded version, maybe. Uh, so the, for example, the ERC-20, a uh, uh, type of token that you're talking about, we have a name for it. It's, it's OCV. It's the Ode to Commit for Versioning. It's the, just an abstract of what ERC stands for. Okay. Um, and so OCV zero, the first one, will be this Ode standard, which is the way that all these DAOs can work together and govern over BOSS itself. Uh, and so if somebody wants to upgrade the Ode stand or the, the Ode OCV standard and add some additional functionality. They will submit a ver their version. Of the they'll just make an inscription of the TDTD with their updates on it, okay. and Bob will observe the updated uh, TDTD inscription, and it will automatically be submitted into this process for governance. And uh, is, again, specifics like this are still somewhat to be figured out sure. and can be voted on to be changed. But let's say there's one week of a period of time for the odes to vote on this code upgrade or not. Um, and if they upgrade this TDTD for the OCV zero standard, then they, they vote to pass that. Boss and Bob just simply point all of the existing registry datas to this new standard with the current uh, uh, added functionalities that this person wanted to. And everybody's code asynchronously is upgraded to the new standard. You don't need to wait for anyone to manually upgrade to the new standard. It's, it's a very, very secure process because everybody is constantly on the latest version of whatever the code they're using is. Hmm. So you're saying that Iman's old token that used the old version of TDTD, with this new submission and this approval from the DAO, all of a sudden his old token has that new functionality just out of the box? It has the ability to, uh, if it's like a tax function, right? Okay, let's, let's say... OCV zero starts and there's no ability to add taxes on it. Okay. Um, and somebody wants to vote in the ability to add taxes onto OCV zero okay. tokens. They will submit a TDTD with their added functionality that they want to. The odes will collectively audit and govern on and uh, decide if they want to accept this or not. If they do accept it, now every single existing ode has the ability to govern within their own ODE system to add this tax functionality to their token. So the, it's not like uh, you are added a tax all of a sudden because this one guy wanted to add a tax to OCB tokens, okay. but you have the ability oh, to do this thing. Yeah. I see, I see, I see. So it really is just like the library of functionality is just expanding yeah. continuously and nothing's really like enforced like yeah uh, so basically if you agree it's like yeah, yeah. I, I also need tax right yeah. i need this tax functionality or like some new splits or something for whatever reason right like yeah 
So it just, uh, I, I guess, you're, Archimedes, you're saying that he has to go through his own approval. Like, how does how does Iman's old token go through that process to accept this new functionality? Yeah, so automatically, the underlying code of your token will now be upgraded to pointing at this new inscription. Okay. So maybe it was pointing at inscription 21,420 before, right. and now it's pointing at inscription 25 million. 69 whatever uh, uh and so the underlying numbers is actually different okay and then within the ode itself somebody can submit a proposal i want to upgrade uh our our ode standard or our ode, ode token to have a one percent tax that goes to our our treasury or whatever sure. and sure. that singular isolated ode will vote on whether to add that accept that proposal or not so, so it's so yeah. One, one, uh, one question, not, not to cut you off. So that singular isolated ode, does that mean his community? Is that like a different way of saying his community votes on like, yes, we want this 1% tax? Yeah, yeah. So ode is basically, there's oh, been okay. uh, <laughs> a lot of new terms introduced yeah, into this yeah, world. Yeah. I understand that's confusing. Yeah. Uh, Personally, I'm a, a big nerd for lore, so I, I I find it easy to get immersed into something brand new when mm -hmm. there are brand new vocabulary describing these new things. Uh, it's a constant battle between are we going to use old EVM terms or are we going to create brand new terms? Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, it, it would be like if Vitalik decided he was just going to be using Bitcoin terms when he made ethereum and why yeah. and gas and smart contract all these terms that were very abstract and confusing then yes once you get immersed into that system it starts to really really make sense true um true. yeah so I, I i hope for the same thing in the long term here um so yeah ode is is basically synonymous with um dow yes uh, okay and okay. I, I definitely agree with your your thesis there i think you definitely sh even though everybody's going to struggle in these early days to yeah. understand and it, it's a very complex like architecture all, this whole thing and it has to be there's a lot of new functions a lot of new possibilities you're enabling with something like it's this it's a so, new way to think about mm -hmm. programmability yeah yeah right? so yeah i wouldn't worry too much i mean about the initial phases of i guess who's going to understand this or not i mean you know i i, I yeah i think it should be as original as possible for sure yeah. even in the naming structure that you guys are coming up with even though yeah ode and dao they're basically the same thing yeah but not because they operate yeah through different schemes right yeah yeah okay so yeah. it's starting to it's starting to make sense so mm -hmm. when um so i have here i'm looking at some of the uh the nomenclature here and there we see um god chain do you want to explain a little bit about what this is Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is this is the real, like yeah, heavy heavy hitting long term implications of building a system like this is uh, you 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 basically get the real uh, coming to life version of the God protocols as envisioned by Nick Sabo. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. uh, Nick Sabo, legendary Bitcoin cryptography figure, had. Um, in, in the game forever. In 1997, he wrote a paper on this idea of what he called the God Protocols. Basically, uh, the God Protocols is this system of, of computation that is like a deity that is on everybody's side. Mm -hmm. uh, it just simply, you ask it to do something and in a verifiable and trustful way, or trustless way, uh, it, it does whatever you ask it to do. 
on things on a much higher scale than just money. I'm talking, we're talking identity. We're talking medical records. We're talking uh, education records, thing, things like this. Uh, it, a, a system that is completely trustless uh, in, in, in all, all, all directions. That is the God protocol. Uh, and so with Bob, this is why we're partially why we renamed the BVM to Bob, because Bob is when you, when you think about it, a deity who is on everybody's side. He has no uh, loyalty to any one user. When you submit a command to Bob through an uncensorable medium like uh, Bitcoin, mm-hmm. he just does what you ask him to do. There's no like malicious thing that you can make Bob do over someone else. You can't front run someone's request to Bob and, and, and take it over or whatever. It, on things past like a DeFi level, is a very powerful tool that the world has not really been opened up to yet. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, a big part of this, this Ode paper goes into talking about how Bob, uh, on a scalable level, on a long-term level, where the Odes have voted in complex things into the OP standard, really can overtake any system, any global internet system that requires standardization for data because we can do this in a trustless way now. So things like the SWIFT system, things like supply chain management, things like, again, medical records or uh, digital identity, et cetera, et cetera. All of these things are like black boxes, black box box, black box systems that we trust right now, mm-hmm. uh, where they have, they're processing data in a standardized way through the internet, but they're centralized and we can't see what they're doing. So we are opening up a tool to see what is happening it does it does it just emulates what is already happening on the internet in a public and decentralized way um so yeah, that concept of the god chain is like we are we are utilizing blockchain for ponzi schemes and personal mm-hmm. gain mm-hmm. which is very monkey of us it's like yeah. the most monkey way you could possibly use this brand new technology yeah uh and because there's market cycles attached to this technology it's very hard for like the, the actual cream to rise to the top. Um, when you look at something like the early internet, you HTTPS and uh, uh, all the inter, inter, uh, email protocols and things like this, there's no HTTPS stock that mm. pumped on some old meta, te- uh, you know, 10 years into HTTPS being something like, it's just a protocol that exists and has grown and maintained and the strengths of it have revealed itself over time. Um, and, and crypto is like this is the uh, the fat app versus the fat protocol thesis. Uh, I'm not sure if you if you've read these papers before, but it's like uh, in traditional technology, the value has tended to uh, or, or like internet bubble technology, the value has accrued to the applications built on top of the protocols. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Google, that's where the most of the money has gone. Mm-hmm. And then in crypto, it's the opposite. Most of the money tends to flow to the protocol level and not the application. No no application that is built on top of a blockchain has ever surpassed the market cap of the blockchain it's built on top of. So good point. Bob and Boss are trying to like create a middle link between these two. That's again why there's no boss token mm. and the collective governance is the applica- are the applications. The applications and protocols govern the underlying connected tissue protocol so that things incentives can stay aligned where they should be uh so yeah it's 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 really crazy uh basically i feel like the blockchain is we've been using the internet but 
there's a way to like direct the innovation in bad ways because mm -hmm. you can make the most money by doing this. Mm -hmm. And now we're trying to remove that, uh, in that, that like misaligned incentive and bring things back to where, where they should be. What is this technology for? That's the God chain concept. Mm. Did you know that we're more than just a YouTube channel? We also built MetaZone, the first app store for the metaverse. Buy, sell, and explore a new class of digital assets like our flagship game Rovi.ai. Support us by collecting your digital assets through MetaZone at MetaZone.io. Like, comment, and subscribe to stay updated. Back to the video. So yeah, the, you're, you're saying the God chain is, is like the the integration of like the ideas of boss, Bob, OP standard, and, uh, and OCV, which is operational commit for voting, like all together in like this, uh, this mechanism that anyone could leverage for basically any purpose from DeFi to like maybe even the metaverse. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, the possibilities for this thing, and I, I know it's, again, it's very, uh, very early in this. So I, I sound like a crazy guy sometimes, but they, they are, they're truly endless. Like, <laughs> We're think about this, okay? We have a, a Linux virtual machine that is connected to the internet and to the Bitcoin blockchain. Mm -hmm. How do you run an Ethereum node? You install an Ethereum node on top of a Linux virtual machine, right? Mm -hmm. So you can install different blockchain EVM nodes onto the Bob virtual machine mm -hmm. and create like an in you can create this is the, the God chain concept is linking all of the blockchains that exist together into something useful past just money and Ponzi schemes. Like it is, mm. we have this time chain immutable technology that exists and it's fractured across thousands or hundreds of different blockchains. And if you can create like a connective tissue between data to transfer between all these different blockchains and the normal internet, you can start to like see what the strengths and weaknesses of the technology is versus the strengths of the marketing meta like hmm. that, you know? So are, are you saying that you could potentially create a swapping protocol using this God chain mechanic where since you, you can run an EVM and you can, and on, on top of an ordinals client, which is top of the Bitcoin client, where you can swap one Bitcoin for whatever the equivalent amount of ETH is. Yeah, yeah. This is the this is synthetic assets are completely redefined now because you have a way for them to talk to other like yeah uh, uh yeah synthetic assets on on DeFi uh, EVM DeFi are kind of like also a bit of a marketing scheme uh because they're not actually backed by anything on the normal internet. There's like a bunch of different layers in between that are backing your synthetic thing with another thing. It's like yeah. a bunch of manual layers. But if you have a computer that can automatically cryptographically lock funds yes. on one chain yes. and then have a synthetic version of those funds on another chain and be managed through this one virtual machine where you don't have to move anything around. Yeah, you have you have cross-chain swaps, you have real world assets being replicated on different blockchains. You have this is what like uh there are a few people who see this. Mm -hmm. Uh Michael Saylor very early into Ordinals was talking about like synthetic stock market on Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Um it's just people's ideas of what is actually possible with blockchain technology is completely muddled by the EVM way of doing things, which is mm -hmm. not actually using this technology in a way that we see you can. Mm -hmm. uh, things could be a lot simpler. Just make a virtual uh, a Linux machine that runs on the blockchain. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
So can you uh, talk a little bit about the state of everything? Like, you know, what, what's, what's an MVP version look like? Yeah. So, uh, because it's, it's again, I, uh, before I went to Europe, I only was thinking of the DeFi stuff and then I, that's possible with boss. I went to Europe and deeply immersed in, in conversations talking about every single thing that could be connected into this system. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like my, my personal mind has been opened to all of the different options that are available, but it will still start with, with DeFi first. Right. Um, so yes, the, the, the plans for things like Oshi, Yari, et cetera, all these things are, are still, uh, the, the plans set forth to go forward. Um, so first and foremost, like a proof of concept release will be basic DeFi functionalities on Bitcoin. Um, so yeah, we're going to launch this OCV zero standard, uh, and users will be able to manually inscribe a migrated version of their OSHI token. Let's say you have 10 OSHI in your wallet. Mm-hmm. You'll be able to just as a text file, inscribe this OCV zero, uh, of, of 10 OSHI. And then, uh, we're la- launching a boss wallet because all these smart interactions have to happen, uh, to be able to like compose custom inscriptions. Uh, so with the launch of Boss Wallet, there'll be a process for uh, when you import your Unisat or Xverse wallet into Boss Wallet, it will read your OSHI balance. And as long as you have at least one-to-one OSHI backing your OCV minted OSHI, um, there'll be a big a big website with two buttons, mm-hmm. stake and unstake. And you'll be able to click the stake button. And with by doing that, you'll essentially burn your underlying ERC20 Oshi and your OCV Oshi will be activated. And uh, also, again, the OCV Oshi or the OCV token standard mm-hmm. is literally just an abstract of all of the functionalities that your favorite ERC20 smart contracts have. So okay. there's like approvals and transfers and the DAO governance, and you can set an image, and there's all these things. All of like the, the functionalities are literally the same name as tokens you've seen before. Um, it's it's just inspired, taken from Open Zeppelin. So yeah, you'll have a, a smart BRC20 token, basically, uh, that we're calling OCV0. And with this OCV0 token, you'll be able to stake, get staking rewards. Um, the first game, DeFi game that we're going to set up will be very easy. It's a, a, basically a simplified version of VE staking. Um, so we'll have like 100 Oshi uh, in, in, in a pool and then a bonding curve slashing mechanism for people to lock up their OCV Oshi tokens. Mm-hmm. And if you unstake very early, then you're slashed a higher percentage of your funds than if you wait. And that gets added to the prize pool for staking rewards. So we're basically just going to start launching game theory-esque, just like in the early days of EVM DeFi, where they were just testing things out and experimenting. Right. Uh, we'll, we'll start with some very simple experiments uh, like this. And then all of this is leading up to uh, the really, really exciting thing, which is um, we have a version of MasterChef farming for Hmm. uh, ordinal fungible tokens. And so I'm sure you guys know, but for the the listeners who aren't aware of this, MasterChef farming is how SushiSwap launched Mm -hmm. their token supply. Mm -hmm. And what they did is they uh, forked Uniswap's mm-hmm. LP yeah, contract, LPV2 contract, and then added token incentives mm-hmm. for 
sushi token, right? Um, and then after a couple of days of incentivizing Uniswap liquidity with the sushi token, they launched their own decks and incentivized higher uh, rewards for people to migrate their liquidity from Uniswap to SushiSwap. And $1.5 billion migrated from Uniswap right. to SushiSwap in like 48 hours. Yeah. So we call this a vampire attack. Yes. Yeah. And so our idea, this is a, a big part of the plans that we were we made in Europe. And I, I, I'm honestly so excited to get started on this. We want to vampire attack the entire BRC20 community. Basically, we there is no way, there is absolutely no way that the current BRC20 market upgrades into a new standard mm. like willingly, willingly. Yeah. There is absolutely 0% chance mm. that without some kind of incentive or some kind of greater goal, the actual market moves forward. People are, BRC20s are, are so stuck right now. They, mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. I, agree. <laughs> I think people are really reaping, reaping what they uh, uh, sowed because everybody was shilling five lines of JSON files on Bitcoin like it was yeah. the second coming of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and now they're seeing, oh my God, all I can do is send this token and hold this token. Uh, you can't really do much with this. Yeah. So, so you're saying at some point... Want some point soon, like oh, every token that exists, it's a BRC20, you'll be able to basically generate yield from in the future with this OCV like migration. Yeah, that's right. Right? Yes. Okay. Like, okay. So, so <laughs> wow. it's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Basically, our, our plan is to add massive, massive support. You've seen uh, uh, sushi staking before. They had like 50 to 100 tokens yeah, that were supported that. on their website. Yeah. And they had single-sided staking. They had liquidity staking. They had all these different things. Yeah. Uh, we have single-sided staking. We have liquidity staking. And we have a secret, super secret third thing uh, that is like a, a, a brand new brand new way to, to super incentivize uh, liquidity mining. LP tokens, um, which will be really cool in our MasterChef version. But yeah, we'll, we'll basically have the top 50 to 100 BRC20 tokens, yeah. stuff like Pepe, Pizza, all of the, the dead shit coins that exist. Uh, those tokens will have incentive for people to migrate them over into the boss ecosystem mm -hmm. and single-sided stake them or and or add liquidity to them. So I, I, I like using Pepe token as an example, uh, the BRC20. Because I feel like a lot of OGs have this, and mm -hmm. it's just completely dead now at this point. There's no liquidity for it. Yeah, the thousands of people who have this in their wallet will suddenly have financial incentive to add liquidity into the Oshi decks for this token. So it, it can revitalize completely dead tokens by bribing them into upgrading their token contracts. Mm -hmm. And now your Pepe token, not only can you do uh, liquidity stuff with it and stake with it, et cetera. It also, by being an OCV zero token, it has DAO functionalities to it. So if mm. uh, stuff like Ordi, where there's tens of thousands of holders of this token that mm. can't do shit with it, uh, if they decide they want to build a protocol, they want to build Ordi swap or whatever, they want to build some kind of thing that Ordi is the governance token of, they can do that because they've upgraded their token standard to an OCV zero, which has DAO functionalities to it and been mm -hmm. voting over it. So yeah. wow. we're like, yeah, trying to vampire attack. It started off as like, maybe we'll vampire attack uh, Unisat or a vampire attack, uh, uh, you know, KuCoin and, and OKX, the, the DEXs or the sexes, but mm -hmm. it really is, we're vampiring attacking 
every single the, the BRC20 standard. Like we're we're going to bribe people into upgrading their token standard and then yeah, things for the, get really crazy. For their own good, right? <laughs> yeah. To add functionality. And to showcase like yes. all of this, yeah, all the utility yeah. why basically like bringing life to a pretty much lifeless ecosystem at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And uh I think that's a brilliant strategy because yeah. one of my questions was going to be like, yeah, okay, this technology sounds like incredibly impactful, something that's really needed. But yeah, as far as the strategy to onboarding new devs, what was that going to look like? I think this is a good starting point. Yeah. <laughs> Get generating interest and liquidity, I think, is like foundational, right? To attract new developers sure. who want to, you know, create new uh, value mechanisms on top of that. So, uh, yeah, I guess the right, I don't want to ask it, but it's like, when, yeah. <laughs> when is all this expected? It's, it's really hard to draw a timeline, I'm sure, for all of this, right? But is there like a ballpark? You know, like a six yeah. months away. When well. Lambo, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when is the question? Uh, I, I think we'll have like uh, basic boss wallet and the first staking, like the VE style staking game, as long uh, as well as the the first migration of the OCB token standard. That should all be up live and running for the public uh, within a month to two months. Okay. Um, wow. The team, everybody went back home to their respective countries uh, for a while, and then we're um, we'll be meeting up again uh, for an extended period of time in real life for a while. So uh, th things will be in full force uh, right again. I, I, things have only been in a lull the past like week or so because everybody was just very tired after going super hard for a few weeks. Um, but yeah, things will. That was just the warm up round, if I'm being honest. So. Yeah. Things will things will get really into the deep into the boss sauce mm. very soon. So we we recently saw a video of of you guys talking like in a I don't know apartment or whatever it was. Was that was that you guys boss or or am I thinking of something else? You remember I think that? that was something else, dude. Oh, was it? I'm pretty sure. Are you sure? I, I thought it was boss. Also, sorry. <laughs> no, definitely not. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I remember you. I mean, we were in the DMs, and you were saying that you were going to to the UK. I was like. I think I saw you guys, but maybe mm -hmm. that was something else. Yeah. Um, so, okay. You guys got together. Now you guys are like going back to the, each, each of the countries. And uh, you're saying in about like a couple of months, we're going to see a new wallet uh, mm -hmm. kind of emerge from, from this ecosystem. Um, I, I guess what, what are the, uh, what are the biggest things that you want to tell the community and like, just say in general, like um, about boss and like its functionalities, like how, how, like what's your messaging to like everybody about like what's the grand takeaway about boss yeah. um, that you would say to like a community i uh, i know that it's very confusing and uh a really 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 grandiose idea very long-term vision but if you look at the people who in 2014 2015 were on bitcoin talk talking with vitalik about what does gas mean and what does guai mean and what is all yeah. these different new terms and the people who put together those terminology meanings before they were functional are some of the most powerful people and uh most experienced people in this industry nowadays so uh that's true yeah a lot of a lot of a lot of brand new stuff is coming uh i would I've been saying this about ordinals since the very beginning, but it's like you can't underestimate how insane of an of a timeline we're living in when Bitcoin, the oldest cryptocurrency, has 
a complete redefinition and like republic uh, uh, thinking of what Bitcoin is without changing a single line of code yeah. of the Bitcoin blockchain itself. Like yeah. it's, it's kind of like a litmus test where you either see how big of a deal that is or you don't see how big of a deal yeah. that is. And yeah. which, way, which, which way you go is will decide a lot of things in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's kind of the same thing with, with Boss right now where a lot of people entered ordinals and they took that first step like, yeah, this is new stuff on Bitcoin. It's exciting. And it's deepest liquidity pockets are on Bitcoin, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. But uh, the re- real shit is that 99.999% of all the stuff on ordinals right now is just like total vaporware and yeah. uh, five line of JSON file esque type technology. So don't ignore something because it's confusing. Uh, sure, and 100%. the whole the whole way that Boss works long term is by community governance. So, like, it is absolutely imperative that we have the right minds in this thing early on. Like, it'd be very sad if everyone who owned Oshi Token right now was just buying it because they wanted to make money. Like a lot of people, the past few weeks especially, mm-hmm. have bought into this ecosystem because they want to govern and they want to. They want to help little baby Bob grow up into a strong boy, you know? So uh, if that sounds interesting to you, if you're like a a crypto autist like myself and this stuff just just gets you going for whatever reason, pass the money, this is the place for you. There will be innovation on levels that you have never seen before in crypto. And uh, yeah, we, we, we welcome all. So... Yeah, I love it. I, I love when uh, we talk to like projects and there's a lot of substance to, you know, all, all this stuff because uh, we're, we're deep in like ordinals at the moment and we see a lot of limitations and we're kind of like hoping that there's like a light in the tunnel of like, you know, the ability to add different kinds of functionality on top of Bitcoin. Yeah. And uh, and so as soon as we saw Boss and like its potential, we knew like there's there's something here. So after this conversation, I'm I'm definitely uh, more way more interested in like the the outcome of all this because if it works, we're talking about like a new shift in like how everyone thinks about blockchain, mm-hmm. right? It becomes a little bit more functional rather than just like a database, mm-hmm. like a very poorly structured database. Yeah. So uh, so that's really exciting. What, one last question: um, What's the incentive for anyone to run a boss node or Bob? Oh yeah. Oh, sorry, a Bob Golden node. Qu- yeah. A golden question uh and and fair, very simple answer it's just it's bitcoin you 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 connect with bob you send commands to bob by submitting inscriptions on the bitcoin blockchain initially right mm-hmm. and so simply just add a small portion of a fee that is uh, what three to five percent of what the cost of the inscription itself is and have that in a pool that is distributed to node operators of bob Mm. Uh, we're we're in the, in the process of figuring out the exact like math and, and split up of this, but there will be some sort of reputation system mm, uh, okay. because certain Bob nodes will be responsible for like so there will be like master nodes and there will be subnet nodes and, and things like this. Uh, inside of each wallet is actually a small small mini Bob node as well. Okay. Uh, that's okay. how they kind of connect to each other locally. So, you know, that's so Reminds me of yeah, the, tensor, yeah, just, the tensor a little bit. Oh, really? Like <laughs> yeah. the the, uh, the reputation mechanism within like these this node ecosystem, mm-hmm. it, it matters a lot in the machine learning process. So, yeah. I think uh, it applies in in a much broader spectrum of uh, distributed systems, right? Sure, sure. So yeah, I think you guys are definitely on the right like architecture pathway, hundred percent. Yeah, you know, 
Um, yeah, so yeah I, I, I got to say, the, the main architect behind this, uh, Junk Food Punk Root, he, yeah, he's... He's a gig. He's a gig of brains. So uh, if you if you don't follow him on Twitter, definitely uh, uh, check him out. Cool junk root, punk root, right? Junk food. Yeah. Junk food, punk root. <laughs> junk food, punk root. Okay. okay. Yeah, cool. we need to find that. It'll be in the description for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're always on the lookout for the next gig of brain, right? So for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the that next is Vitalik. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody wants to yeah. see who who is the next Vitalik. You know. So who is who is who's that guy? <laughs> You've you've interacted with the, with the team, right? Who's actually leading? Is there a, a one man in the collective, or is it just like everybody's an equal? As far as like who has the real um, vision here? Yeah, so uh, you you got Merlin is like the guy who sees the longest term vision of this thing. I think I think I think he has the clearest view of what actually how the world will look. Okay. Changed wow. with okay. this being implemented. Um, Grug uh, was this the second person that Merlin found uh, that shared this kind of vision with him. Um, he's he's he, Grug is a little bit closer in in my level of scope of, of seeing how far this goes, but he's he's right there as well. And then the main like architect, as I would put, is Junk Food Punk Fruit, and mm. he is uh yeah he's he's the one who's like designing these systems and the one responsible for writing the zeros and ones so uh and then there's a bunch of other people on the team as well that fill in those roles but that's like the core fascinating the core fellas yeah it reminds me yeah. of you know the initial core crew that that did develop ethereum yeah, right gavin but, wood and gavin wood vitalik, vitalik. charles hoskins yeah. had a play i guess in that yeah. and all these are like the the titans of the industry today just like you said they all have their own layer one blockchains yeah. they all basically dictate and move like where this uh industry is headed right so we might be seeing another, yeah, another version of that happening on Bitcoin. Dude, that's cool. Eyes. Yeah, hell yeah, that is interesting. And you're you're a lucky guy, dude. You got a front row seat to all of yes. this. Yes, <laughs> so this is pretty cool. So yeah, yeah. My experience with this has been fucking crazy because I started as a community member and yeah. uh, was super super dedicated. I was I was running all these spaces and and um, was was interfacing with the all the light papers that were out so so much, uh, but like. There's, there's a weird level of trust that now exists between the team and the community because a member of the team is also a member of the community. So like I've seen this code with my own eyes mm -hmm. and before going to Europe, I had not seen the code with my own eyes. I was just reading and reporting on what was being written. Um, and so now I can like talk about what is actually being built. And there's a, a certain level of trust that like I... I'm not, I'm not a, a secret plant that uh, mm. is saying a bunch of stuff exists that doesn't like this. There, these people are the real deal. They're a group of cipher cypherpunks who uh, have this a very tuned in vision for the way that the world could work. And uh, cypherpunks are cypherpunks write code. So that is what that is what they do. <laughs> That's awesome. Archimedes, I really appreciate it. Um, I'd like to have you come back on like once uh, once some of these releases are out there and have you come and talk a little bit more about like the, the details of like what these releases are and what they mean. So I really appreciate you joining us, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, it was a long time coming on this. Sorry for the delays, but I, I think it was all worth it. And uh, yeah, I'd love to come back on, especially as things are getting released. You two are like the first... Uh, you know, reporting style crypto people to take the time and effort to really put together what is being built here and look away from the the shill fest of ordinals right yeah. now. So yeah, yeah. I pre appreciate you guys doing that work. And uh, yeah, 
it's 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 going to be a cool road ahead. No, that's yeah, and I appreciate it. Yeah, we we try to do our best to understand like exactly what it is that's going on, where the substance is, because there's a lot of noise out there, mm-hmm. and we like to discover the signals because that's where we think the value is going to be. So, uh, so yeah, as soon as we saw Boss, I was like, dude, we got we got to get somebody to to come on here and talk about it. So, so Archimedes, again, I really appreciate it. Let's have you come back on. Um, all the links will be in the description for everybody. And um, and yeah, so this, this has been a conversation with uh, Archimedes, Boss, Bob, um, ODE, Oshi. It's a lot, dude. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, you guys are definitely a force for sure. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Archimedes, appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon, man. Hell yeah. Read the ode paper, everybody. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. All right, man. Thanks. Take it easy, man. Bye-bye. Peace, Peace out.